You're listening to E-Commerce Marketing School, presented by Privy and Printful. Before we get into today's episode, here's a quick shout out to our sponsor. Printful prints custom products on demand for online stores and ships each order to their customers around the world. Their mission is to help people follow their passion and turn ideas into brands and products. Printful works with the most popular e-commerce platforms and marketplaces. So connect your store, choose from their catalog of over 250 products, upload your designs, and they'll automatically fulfill your orders on demand. No monthly costs, you only pay when you get an order. Hey, so I am freaking honored, truly honored to be here today with Vivian Kay. She's the founder of seven-figure Shopify store, kinkycurlyyaki.com. And she's an incredibly inspiring founder for so many reasons. I'm going to throw out a few right now. College dropout, super mom, probably one of the best moms out there. Bootstrapped business. And we're going to talk about some of those today. But I also just recommend searching for her on your podcast app because she's been on amazing podcasts before. I remember the one that you did, Vivian, with with Shopify, uh, which is where I first learned about your backstory. But one of the reasons that I love your story is a little bit lesser known. And I think you are a master of organic social media. You built Kinky Curly to 1 million in sales without buying any ads on Facebook. And that's just not something you hear every day. So I want to bring you back a bit to kick things off to the early days and talk about you know, what I think not enough founders do. So fill us in. First, what is Kinky Curly? Well, it's Kinky Curly Yaki. Yeah, what is it? What's Kinky Curly Uh, It is a premium textured hair extensions brand for Black women. It's a business that I started because I had a problem I needed to solve. I needed hair that uh, looked like my hair. And, uh, you know, for a lot of Black women, we wear protective styles. So that's braids, weaves, or wigs. Because our hair is not suited to this North American environment. But societal pressure tells us that we need to be, you know, tall, blonde, skinny, and have straight hair. And so our hair doesn't naturally grow straight. So many of us wear protective styles for a number of reasons, you know, uh, for versatility, because we can, (laughs) you know, just because that's just what we do. But I needed hair that looked like mine. I couldn't find it. When I went looking for it, it was either buried underneath the silkier textures, the more European-looking textures, or it didn't exist at all. So, Were you looking online? Yeah. So this was back in 2011 when, you know, buying online was still kind of (laughs) scary, right? So, you know, Amazon was just starting to become a thing. And yeah, I just did all my research online. I was just looking for hair that looked like mine. Amazing. And so, all right, so you started what? Just like talking to potential manufacturers? Well, no, I was actually in hair forums. So I was in, remember, forums? So I would be in hair, black hair care forums, black hair care groups, and there were people who were just sharing information. So I would just, you know, make my own notes, do my own research. I reached out to the factories directly and said, hey, this is what I need. And I would order it. I spent a lot of my own money doing a lot of my own trial and error but I was doing it because I wanted to solve my own problem. I wasn't trying to start a business because I was running a business at that time and I was happy with it, but I just wanted to solve my own problem. Love that. And so like those forums really, at least from following your story, became the foundation of your growth, Absolutely. right? Yeah. 
Absolutely. So, you know, you, what, you got some samples and then you kind of went back to some of those same people you were engaging with in the forums. Yeah. So I, I knew like there were some girls that were already in there. This was before influencers were a thing who wore kinky hair as well. And I was like, Hey girl, could you just, you know, try out this hair for me? Cause I think it's good, but that's me. So I want to know what you think of this hair. Uh, and she, you know, one of the girls tried out the hair and she took all these pictures and posted them in the forum, you know, and then did it again in Facebook groups. Right. So, but at the time I was just interested in getting her opinion, you know, cause I think it's great, but I want to know if someone else thinks it's great. Well, you didn't even have a store live then. Right. So it's not no. like you could post or sell anything. It was really just about getting the feedback. Yeah, really. Yeah. Nice. So I think people undervalue this process. Mm hmm. Right. And so you just jump. I think a lot of people say, well, let's just start buying Facebook ads today and, you know, target these types of customers. So at some point you launched the store, right? What presumably after you got some positive feedback from these people. Yep. And like, what were some of the names of the Facebook groups? Do you remember? Oh, wow. Great question. I want (laughs) to say things like unbelievable. (laughs) Um. Yeah, there were women, like, you know, there were just these black women in groups that were just like, you know, weave hair extension fiends, you know, aficionados. Like they just loved hair extensions and they knew everything about everything. And you uh, found them though, because you were literally searching like in Facebook for yeah, hair from, weaves. Or- yeah. Well, what actually, so what had actually happened was we started to migrate from the forums into these Facebook groups. Right. And so and that was what was happening at the time. You know, everyone from the forum started to move into Facebook groups. So that's that's what it was. And then I became because it was Facebook, I became more of a personality in there. Right. So I was just being Vivian and also trying to solve my own problems. So by being Vivian, that may be memorable. I, you know, I added value to the groups. I asked questions. I answered questions like I wasn't there to you know, to do my homework and bounce. No, I was actually there to solve my own problem. And then I happened to make a whole bunch of friends or create a community, I guess you could say, while I was doing that. It sounds like the role you played, even though you didn't start these groups, evolved into you were leading with help, right? And in a way you were there to to help yourself first and foremost, but also everyone around you, kind of like you were a little bit of a community manager in those yeah, you could say that. Or just a really active member. <laughs> right, really active member. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. a really active member. So, um, and again, because I was trying to solve my own problem, I was really, and and then of course you could see, you're, you know, when you're in these types of groups, you see the other problems that people have, right? So it's like, okay, so now I've got people verifying that I'm not the only person with this problem, right? And here are the other pain points that I hadn't even thought of that they're pointing out. Love it. And so by being the most active member, that's how people started to kind of recognize who you were. And then what, at some point you just like dropped the bomb that you launched a site or? So no, you know what actually happened? I didn't tell anyone it was my business. So it was like, I was just sort of witnessing how it was growing in these groups and people talking about it. And I was like, oh, wow, wait, that's me. Because at the time there, you didn't need to have the person, the personal brand behind it. You didn't need to be the person in front. It was just, there's a product, you can buy it. And so it wasn't until someone, I forgot to put the who is privacy on my domain name. 
<laughs> I was too cheap to you know pay that extra 19 bucks a year or whatever it was. And someone created a fake, like a troll profile, like a, a burner account to out me to these forums. So they went to every single group I was in and said, guess who owns this company? Da, 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 da. Like they were trying like what they thought. I guess they were just trying to just destroy me. But then when people were like, oh, wait, that's Vivian's company, all the more reason to support it because now they know who's behind it. Now they want to support. And that's the thing about community is that when you add value, people will support you because people aren't necessarily buying the product. I mean, it's not what I was selling. I didn't invent it. Right. I just put my foot in it. It's incredible. Like, I think what you just described is a big part of what I try to coach people around, which is like the story and you as the founder, it's impossible to detach that from your business, whether you want to or not. And actually the reason that people will buy and support you is your founding story and you as the founder. Exactly. And so if you're not, I mean, it it sounds like that person was trying to hurt you. They were, they were, but it ended up really being a positive and helping you kind of launch the business. Look at me now. Hey girl, whoever you are, I still don't know who you are, but hi. Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) All right. So this is how you built your audience and drove sales in the beginning, basically engaging in the the comments and stuff. Yep. 100. One of the other things I love about your story, just from some of the other podcasts that I've listened to is like, you were doing support. Yeah. Right. Customer support. Yep. Yep. And like for how long? Four years. Yeah. Four years I was doing my own customer support. Like I created a set of systems and processes for myself to follow in order for me to be consistent in that regard. And it was one of the best things I could have done for my business because then from the outset, people knew my business had great customer service. And I think there's the added benefit of like, oh, wait, like I'm getting a response from the founder. Yeah. Well, no. So sometimes did you hide it? Well, I didn't hide it. (laughs) Actually, wait, I did have an alter, I I still do have an alter ego, but even then people were just impressed to just get a reply, like just to get a response that didn't sound like a robot. It was like, Hey girl, well, you know what, what -hmm. you should do is before you put on your bonnet, like I was using very specific language. So they knew that I knew them because I am the customer. I got high on my own supply. Right. So they was like, Hey girl. Oh, wow. Okay, girl. Well, guess what? I got this and this and this is, and I was able to be like, yeah, you know what? Do this, this and that, because I was able to speak to the problem because I am the customer. It's incredible. And so at what point did you transition and hire someone to do support or outsource that? Well, I would say, let's see. So in June of 2016, so I had my partner at the time was like, you need to bring on other people because you need to work on the business as opposed to in the business. Mm -hmm. But I was really hesitant to do it because I was like, well, no one's going to care about this business the way I do. And so then how I found this, my first hire was actually through doing the most mundane thing, which was going to a beauty supply store. I went to a beauty supply store. Yeah, because I was doing that. What do they call it now? Arbitrage. I was doing like brushes and accessories and stuff. So someone would buy it and I would go to the beauty supply store to buy it and then resell it to customers. Right. And so when I went to the beauty supply store, she was and, you know, beauty supply stores, especially the black beauty supply stores, they're not known for great customer service. Hmm. And so then the one person who was helping me was really good. Like she seemed like she cared. She was going out of her way. And after everything was all said and done, I said, and I'd been searching for people. So I'd been searching for people, but I couldn't quite find them because I'd started my business in my house. I needed to really trust this person. And I had a young baby at the time. 
So then all was said and done. I said to her, I said, listen, I'm looking for someone to help me with my growing business. And I think you'd be great. And she called me the next day and she's been with me ever since. So that was in 2016. She does all my fulfillment. So she packs all the orders and everything. And even my customer service who works remotely, who answers the email, she was my second ever customer. Oh, so you converted a customer? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And they're the best because they love you. They love your brand. They understand the product and they see my vision. They understand what I'm trying to do. And it was just amazing. And she was someone that I knew from the forums too. So she followed me from the forums into my business and then became an employee. It's really an incredible story. So just recapping a little bit, I think (laughs) two things that stand out to me about how you've kind of built this early days, at least for Vivian and Kinky Kraliaki, were you kind of built your audience and found your first customers by being the most active, helpful member in the community, right? Being very focused on a, a specific customer that you, you know, you were trying to solve your own problem. That's one. And then two, leading with support, like leading with customer support as the founder, so that, you know, even as you grew out of handling it yourself, all customers and everyone who joined your company understood that like, this is how we do it. Yeah. Love it. So over the years, you've expanded your product line, right? Yes. Because I saw, I don't know if it's recent, I haven't been to the site in a while, but I saw the headband wigs. Those look awesome. Thank you. I'm wearing one right now. Oh, nice. I love it. (laughs) So help me understand, like a lot of people say you got to be like the best at one thing. And then, you know, then that gives you the right to expand. Like at what point did you think about expanding your product line? And like, what was the real goal around that? Uh, Well, so one of our biggest selling products was clip-ins and black women were wearing clip-ins to go to the office, but we're not going to the office anymore. Mm-hmm. we're at home, we're on Zoom calls and half time we we're not quote unquote presentable. So I wanted a product that my customers could literally put on in five minutes and jump on that Zoom call. Or if they're already on that Zoom call, when they ask her to turn on the camera, she just pulls this wig out of, you know, out of the air, puts it on and she's ready to go. So it really is just the sign of the times. I was just looking at how my life had changed right? So I'm starting to do a lot more virtual events on Zoom, on Microsoft Teams, whatever it was. And I needed to look presentable quickly. So I just took People use Microsoft Teams? Yeah, apparently. (laughs) And WebEx. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm just teasing. It's it's incredible. Right. So you reacted quickly and you thought, wow, like my life's changing, which means my customer's life is changing. Right. Let me come up with something. So the other like strategic component of that though, is that you already had a customer base. So it sounds like you knew, Hey, with the shift in the times, I could potentially offer, you know, something new to sell into my existing customer base. Was that intentional? That's very intentional because it's easier to sell to people who've already bought into you than it is to find new customers. Love it. All right. So is that always the case when you expand your product line? You're always thinking, what else can I sell to these 10,000 plus people? Yeah, absolutely. I think that should be the first thing you should think of. Yeah. Because acquiring new customers is hella expensive. But if you can just sell to the people who have already, they already know your story. They're already at the bottom of the funnel. It's just a matter of giving them something new to buy. Yeah. So, so yeah. But would you say, like, was it important that you started and got known for a specific product before you expanded? Or do you, do you think it just, like, it might have been better if you had three or four product lines to offer from day one? Um, no, 
No, I'm actually a big believer in start with one thing and get really good at that. And then you can expand. Like, you know, use that one thing, niche it down, get really good at doing that one thing, and then you can expand. So you could either go deeper within the niche or you could go wider. So for me, it was like, well, I still sell only kinky textured hair extensions. So it's just a matter of going wider as opposed to deeper, right? So, yeah. Yeah, that was us too. I mean, we got known for one thing, growing your customer list and then being great at support. And, and then we could expand into email and text from there. So I'm totally with you. So the business has grown up and I'm seeing you literally everywhere. And I love it. <laughs> and it sounds like you're actually doing some business coaching for new Shopify entrepreneurs, right? Yeah. Well, you know, when the world came to a halt about a year ago, a lot of people were faced with, especially the people who were brick and mortar or they would do in-person sales or people who suddenly were working at home and had time to think of what they actually wanted to do in life. Well, guess what? Everyone wants to become an entrepreneur, right? So because my supply chain was was something I couldn't control, I was like, well, what can I control? You know, I always say you either got to be a resource or a relief. And so then I chose to be both. But, you know, as a resource, I started to teach people to get online quickly. How do you set up your store online quickly? And that's when I came up with Shopify Prep School. So it was a series of live workshops where I would set you up with the essentials and show you how to do it without having to spend, you know, thousands of dollars to get started. And so I just finished, I didn't just finish, but I did cohort two. I launched it in the midst of Black Lives Matter. So wow. it was, yeah, it was yeah. interesting. And then I ran cohort two in November and I was supposed to do cohort three in, in January, but then we got locked down again and, you know, virtual school. So that sort of derailed that, but I still like, you know, I recorded everything. So I have it. So, you know, if, you, if anyone's interested in taking it, I, I got you. So this is shopifyprepschool.com? No, it's learnwithviv.com. Oh, learnwithviv.com. Yeah, learnwithviv.com. Awesome. We'll link in the notes, so check that out. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, from my kind of 10 years in this industry, I think there's very few that have really seen like the end-to-end growth, the ups and downs quite like you. And, you know, highly recommend everyone go check that out, learnwithviv.com. And this has been awesome. I'm like so excited for you to see the growth in in all your ventures, but also to just catch up. It's been forever. Yes, it has. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. Awesome. And go, we'll link in the notes as well, but it's kinkycurlyyaki, Y-A-K-I.com. 